Hello, hello, spooky people, and welcome to another episode. I am your resident spooky drag queen, Pissy Miles. And I'm your resident spooky smartass, Sam Baxter. And And this this is is my spooky spooky gay family. family. Hello, Sam. Hello, Pissy. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? So far, so good. I uh, am very excited because we have a very special episode today. We got to go to a very special place today. A magical place. A magical place of wonderment. (laughs) It was uh, like visiting Middle Earth and walking around for six days with nothing to do. Um, I was very excited to get to do what we did today and we'll get into all of that but uh before we do how was your week uh it was fine i guess um it's just the same old craps (laughs) (laughs) which i guess is good yeah i'm i mean these days regularity feels so boring i think because 2020 was so eventful or really even the last like four years was just like utter chaos (laughs) so (laughs) these days it's like well there's really not a whole hell of a lot to report, although I think there are people who would argue that there is, but I guess that's another story for another day. <laughs> <laughs> My week has been pretty decent. I this I, I, Today marks the end of the first week on the pump, and uh, it has been I, not eventful by any means, but it's been different. It's been a lot of adjustment. You know. I can understand that. It's just a it's a lot to get used to because I'm so used to things operating differently and uh you know it's been very difficult to get used to the placement of the damn thing like trying to figure out where to put it while I'm sleeping that's the real <laughs> that's the real challenge because it's like okay I have this thing that's like the size of a credit card and the thickness of a wallet attached <laughs> to me where the fuck do I put this um so I I have actually ended up like clipping it to the back of my shorts while I'm sleeping. Okay. Which is mostly not annoying because I don't really sleep on my back. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are times when I go to like roll over and I'm like, oh, no, it's stabbing <laughs> me. Um, but overall, not bad. I wore it with a corset for the first time last night. How did and that go? It was... Fine, <laughs> but it was one of those things where uh, right now like, uh, the only way to explain to you why this is such a production is to explain to you where the infusion is. So they they call it the infusion site where where the pump is like not I don't want to say implanted because it's not like it's not like surgically implanted. It's where the little cannula is like stuck into you. Mm-hmm. Um, and my infusion site after. Hours and hours of trying to figure this out with my doctors, the place we decided on was my butt. Because it's like, well, where else can you fucking put it? I can't put it on my stomach because uh, I, if I wear a corset, it would crush it. Yeah. And if 
I, I can't put it on my arms because I have to be able to move them around. Mm-hmm. And I can't, I don't want to put it on my legs because then if I wear like a short dress or something, you'll see it under my tights and it ruins the illusion of the tights. So I was like, well, the only reasonable place is my, is my backside. So it's on like the outside of my right buttock at the moment. <laughs> and it's usually kind of forgettable. Like, I forget that it's there. Mm-hmm. But when I was wearing the corset last night, I wear my pads up high and then I cinch at my natural waist, which is just below my ribs. Mm-hmm. But the bottom of the corset, of course, compresses. And then the pads were there to kind of stop any compression from hitting the infusion site, which was great. But then, like, towards the end of the night, I was like, oh. It's a little sore, like things were just pressing a little, a little harder than I I would have liked. Um, But I don't think that there's really anything to be done about that. I think that's just the nature of the beast in this moment. I mean, it's still better than having to give yourself shots every like, what, couple hours. Yeah. I mean, when I was doing injections, like manual injections, it was like to it was like five to seven shots a day yeah that's a lot and now i take one shot every mm-hmm. three days yeah, just no, to, that's and that's just that. to implant the the cannula this is really not riveting information <laughs> everyone's like this is the most boring intro you've ever done ever um Anyway, we uh we do have a lot to chat about today and, and very little of it having to do with my pump. Although I will say I was before I abandoned this topic entirely. I was like kind of pissed because my doctor I've set up an appointment obviously. I always have to check in with my doctors and make mm-hmm. sure that everything's going smoothly. And with my insurance, my copay for a specialist doctor appointment, which my endocrinologist appointment falls under. Right is $70. Ouch. Yeah. And and you know, every I only have it every 3 months, so it's like whatever, I'll I'll pay the $70. I have to go see my doctors, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it was a virtual appointment. So today, I had my appointment with my doctor and she was like I I logged on and I was like, "How's it going?" And she was like, "Great." She was like, "So, it looks like everything's running smoothly. I think we should keep your levels where they are with your insulin and your basal rate and blah, 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 blah. She's like, if anything comes up, let us know. She's like, yeah. Do you have any questions? And I was like, yeah. Why would you make me pay $70 to tell, <laughs> tell me everything's fine? This is ridiculous. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? You made me pay that much money to tell me everything's fine? I mean, I guess it's better than hearing there's something wrong. For $70, I wish there was. <laughs> Then she'd have to fix it. <laughs> Just Work for that $70. <laughs> I mean, if I'm paying $70, I want to lose a toe. That's that's <laughs> how I feel. But anyway. Um, yes, that is my life on the pump. Now, I am actually really enjoying it. And if there's anyone out there who's a type 1 diabetic, who's uh, who either has a pump or is thinking of getting one, by all means, send in your stories to us. And uh, it... I will say, if you're a type 1 diabetic who's listening, I do recommend it. I recommend okay. the pump. Um, it has made my life easier in a lot of ways. It can be a little more stressful sometimes, in a strange okay. way. Because 
I have to worry a lot more. It's like, well, I have to make sure if I'm going out for a prolonged period that like I have another infusion set on me just in case like the the tube gets stuck on a doorknob and I rip it out of my body. It's like, well, what do I do then? You know? Um, So I do have to be careful about shit like that. Whereas before it was like, I always had my pens on me, so it didn't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that would be my, I I give it a nine out of 10 so far. Okay. We'll see how I feel in a month. (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of rating things, we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of the episode. Um, We have a really fun episode today for you because we decided that we were going to spend a little bit of time at the cinema this week. (laughs) Um, We are actually recording not even on Sunday. We we had to wait to be able to go to the movie theater to be able to see this movie. Um, We decided since it is a new movie, we are going to give you a little lowdown of the new John Krasinski movie, A Quiet Place Part 2. That said, there will be spoilers in this episode. We are going to be talking about pivotal plot points, events, uh, characters, developments, all kinds of stuff. So if you have not seen the movie, please be forewarned that we will be spoiling shit for you from here on out. We're not going to mention it again when there's a spoiler. So know going into this that we are going to give away shit and we know it's a new movie. So please feel free to go see the movie before uh, listening to this episode. But if you have seen it, here we go. Or have no intention of seeing it. <laughs> or if you have no intention of seeing it, or if you don't even know why you're listening to this podcast because all you like are rom-coms, uh, please feel free to go ahead and keep listening because we're not going to stop you. No. Um, we do have some comments and questions before we get into the the gist of the episode. Um, the first one was from our listener, Lily. Hello, hello, Lily. Lily wrote in to say, I saw A Quiet Place 2 last week. I loved it. And I'm adding the vibrato because it's, I mean, it's an assumption, but I'm going with it. (laughs) And my theater experience was weirdly better than when I saw the first one. (laughs) When I saw the first, there were two women a row behind me narrating the entire thing in all caps. When I saw the second, there was just a guy loudly sighing every so often, and it was so bizarre that I found it funny. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't have any terrible experiences, although there was one couple that kept talking. Yeah, no, it was constantly like, wait, what's going on? Yeah. And it's like, if you would stop talking for two seconds and look at the screen, you wouldn't have to ask. Yeah, it it was like someone took their blind friend to see the movie, and they were like, she's walking into the radio station. She's pressing play. And we were like, yes, we know. We're watching. Um, and it would it would only happen like every so often. Yeah. And, but I think the, the sticking point of this moment for me mm-hmm. is that this movie is so fucking quiet. Naturally. That it's like, you can't be making a lot of noise during this movie. Really felt, almost any noise at all. I felt terrible eating popcorn. I, I felt like I was ruining it for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was not bothered by the popcorn. I was more bothered by the people talking. Um, Lily said, Emily Blunt is a horror queen for giving birth, fighting monsters, uh, 
and then running up a damn mountain with the kids and supplies to find help. The boy child is a moron and I literally could not even with him. (laughs) And the daughter is a horror icon. Oh my God. And there seemed to be like a nod to 28 days later when Killian, uh, that's his name, right? Killian Murphy is who she's talking about, um, was standing on the beach shot wise. And that was the end of her, her comment. I'm, I have not watched 28 Days Later in a very long time. I haven't either. It's been years. I can't remember the shot she's referring to. Is there a shot at the end where it's like kind of a wide pan of him crying? Possibly. I don't. I don't remember. I The only thing I remember about 28. What is it? 28, 28 Days, days later. later. I always. I keep wanting to call it 28 Days, the Sandra Bullock movie. <laughs> um, the only thing I remember about 28 Days Later is that. It came out at a time when porn was not readily accessible to a, a, a person of my age. And there was like a full frontal male nudity scene. So that's like, I was like, okay, I'm sold. This is the only, <laughs> it's the only thing I really remember from the whole fucking movie, if I'm being honest. Because he like wakes up on a table and then yeah. shit happens. Yeah. And I, I didn't really, I was like, did the apocalypse happen in the middle of his surgery? I don't really recall what I happened. I remember the shot of the door that said, do not open dead inside. But that's kind of like the the last memory I have of that movie. Yeah, I I, it's been so long. I really don't remember a lot about it. I was also, again, and I know we've talked about this before. Zombie movies are not my, they're not my forte. They're not really in my wheelhouse. So... I don't have a strong recollection of this movie. So you could be right. There might be kind of an homage to 28 Days Later, Lily. But I, if there is, I didn't notice it. <laughs> <laughs> we got another comment from Jen Wittick. Hello, Jen Wittick, who said, A Quiet Place 2 was my first trip back to the theater since Birds of Prey in February 2020. It was such a perfect choice. The opening sequence was a great choice for context. And from the moment the action began, I felt so goddamn anxious because we all know, no, 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 they have to stay quiet. (laughs) I have so many spoilery thoughts about it too. Maybe one negative aspect, but overall, I loved it. I gave it four out of five on Letterboxd. Have you ever reviewed a movie on Letterboxd? No, I'm one of those people who I read reviews all the time. I never leave them. See, I never do either. Well, that's not true. I have left a couple of reviews of movies, um, either movies that I really, really loved or movies I really, really didn't. And there's no in between. I don't review movies that fall at like, I don't review movies that fall anywhere between like three and eight. Okay. That's kind of my rule. Yeah, no, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Because it's like, well. Because you have to be really passionate about how you feel about something to take the time to go and like write something out to share it with other people like you never want to be like my review is a five it was meh yeah because like who wants to write that uh, unless you're getting paid to do it yeah like i'm i'm not uh fran lebowitz so i'm not going to be (laughs) i'm not going to be leaving meh reviews on anything do you like fran lebowitz yeah i guess so (laughs) <laughs> did you watch the Netflix special about her? I did not. The, the docuseries. I will say I was not a big fan of Fran Lebowitz until I watched the docuseries. Okay. It was really well done. And I found her to be more likable than I had found her in simply speaking engagements. Because my big thing was like, she always talked about like 
fashion and culture and all this stuff. And I was like, how can a woman in a, a blazer and denim pants with cowboy boots give me fashion advice? <laughs> and I think there's a certain, now knowing better, I, there's a certain level of irony <laughs> in, in everything she does. So I'll give her that. I do like Fran Lebowitz now, okay. I think. I would I would recommend it as well. I I also can't remember what the docu series was called. I have no idea. I can't remember. I'm surprised you don't know it. I I haven't watched anything on Netflix in probably like six months. Really? Really? What did you do for the pandemic? I worked. Like it was like the only thing I did. You need to take a fucking vacation. <laughs> you need a week off, no writing. I'm giving you this permission right now. Take a week off and go watch something on Netflix. I've wanted to watch Shadow and Bone, but I haven't gotten around to it yet. Jasmine Rice LeBeja gave that a glowing review. Really? Yeah. Jasmine doesn't it. like anything. I know. <laughs> Which is why I questioned whether or not I would like it. Um, Bob liked it too. He told me it was good. Really? Yeah. Huh. Well, you heard it here. We're go- we're going to give it a shot. Maybe not in the minisodes, but no. we will give it a shot. Although the premise is pretty creepy. I don't really know what it's about, if I'm being honest. Um, all I know about it is that darkness is a place. And that, like, when you go through it, there are monsters. Hmm. So it sounds cool. What kind of monsters? I don't know. I haven't watched it. Like quiet place monsters? Maybe. <laughs> You're like, who knows? I, Nobody I don't knows. know yet. I haven't... <laughs> If you guys have watched it, let us know, because I really don't. I It has been recommended to me by Jasmine, and that's it. That's all I know. Um, yeah, so maybe that'll be the next on the list. We do have another comment from Catherine Townsend. Hello, Catherine. Catherine is our friend who wrote in about the, uh, the cinema she works in in England. Mm-hmm. She wrote... Or they wrote, I don't know their pronouns, so I apologize if I got it wrong. Hi, Pissy and Sam. One or two mild spoilers in this. Tried to make it vague so it didn't spoil it for anyone. Don't worry, because we're about to spoil the whole fucking movie. (laughs) How was it being able to watch a film back at a cinema or movie theater? How did you feel about it? It felt weird the first, like, ten minutes. Really? And then once the movie started, it felt completely fine. Hmm. Like, I think once the movie started, I stopped thinking about it. Hmm. So it was kind of... Like, oh, okay, this is fine. Like, I'm sitting here. I don't even have a mask on because I'm eating. Right. Like, and I felt totally fine. I was going to say, that was probably your first time being out without a mask yeah. in public, right? Yes, it was. <laughs> it was really I'm strange. surprised you didn't have, like, a nervous breakdown, like a rear window. I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, shaking a little bit when we, when we walked into the movie theater because I haven't been in, like, an, in, I haven't gone to a restaurant yet. Like, I haven't. Really? Like, the closest I've come to being in, like, an enclosed space is a grocery store. And that's still a very, like, wide open space. Yeah, you don't really... I mean, I was going to say you don't have to be near people, but people make it very difficult to not be near They do make it very difficult. But, no, this is the first time I did something like this where it was inside and people were eating and, like, nobody Hmm. had a mask on. And it felt very strange. (laughs) Yeah, it, it, it didn't feel that strange to me, if I'm being honest. I think... It's because I've been able to perform without a mask for about a a week or two now. Mm -hmm. Um, Things really are starting to change. Yeah. And 
there are a lot more vaccinated people and vaccinated people the for vaccinated people the the rules and regulations are changing at least here in the US and especially on the coasts and in big cities so um I don't know the first time I walked around a bar without a mask on mm-hmm. it felt utterly bizarre like I I felt like I was like doing something bad but t- today I've I've kind of gotten used to it um I I still wore my mask walking around the theater yeah but once we sat down I took it off and I it really didn't bother me not to have it on if I'm being honest I felt kind of fine I was like you know what I'm vaccinated and at this point everybody's got the opportunity to go do it yeah you know we know 12 year olds and 13 year olds who have gone to do it that's how open the system is so it's like at this point if you're not going to do it it's on you it's not on me so i'm not going to keep making myself crazy trying to to protect you you know what i mean yeah no i think that's fair i feel very much the same way like i'm looking forward to when i'll be comfortable like going maskless in public i'm thinking Mm -hmm. it's going to be a while for me and that's fine i listen it's it's not i'm not saying anyone should or shouldn't do anything my my only thing is i'm i have kind of gotten to a point now where i have decided it is no longer in my best interest to worry about everybody else (laughs) (laughs) because I know that they have the same opportunities I have and and have had the same opportunities I've had to take care of themselves. And so it's like, I can only take care of you to a certain point before right. you are my burden. <laughs> and at this point, it feels a bit like if you're not going to do that, that's your choice and no judgment, but you're not going to be my burden either. No, I think that's, you you know, yeah, that's a fair way to look at it. I just, I can't do it. So it's up to you. (laughs) You, You're going to have to keep yourself alive at some point. Um, But anyway, Catherine (laughs) continued and said, I'm not sure which one I liked better. I wasn't a fan of the monster design in the first film when you finally saw them because I felt the whole film was scarier when you didn't see them. I felt like it spoiled the atmosphere when you saw them when I first watched it. I feel sometimes things are scarier when you don't physically see the monster or the thing haunting them in films. What did you think of the monster creature design? I loved the monster design in this. I did. I do find them to be quite scary. Uh, I didn't necessarily have the same reaction in the first one. I thought we went long enough without seeing them mm-hmm. that by the time we did see them they were still pretty scary to me but i definitely do agree with you Catherine, that th- in movies it tends to be scarier for me what is unseen and i think there's actually something to talk about in this movie yeah. regarding that but what did you think i like the creature design i think they're creepy um, I particularly like the way they move. I think mm-hmm. that that's really creepy and unsettling. It's very unsettling. Um, it's like watching uh, it, it's like watching a hand, a big yeah. hand, just like <laughs> running around and beating the shit out of people. They're just thing from the Adams family. Basically, like big angry things <laughs> with teeth. <laughs> 
it's actually kind of funny because the creature design reminds me a little bit of Venom from the Marvel movies. So mm. it's, it's like he doesn't have the weird flappy head thing, but yeah, it it's very like Venom meets a demogorgon. Yeah, it's somewhere in the middle there. Yeah, no, I think that's a good way to describe it. Yeah, and I like it. I th- I do find it to be creepy. But uh, Catherine went on to say. I wasn't so sure about them after the first one, but I actually really liked the creatures after seeing them better in the second film. They didn't feel so alien-like to me, and it felt more like they were something that could actually happen. They felt more realistic. Though the part with the water... Though the part with the water, I was thinking to myself, this better not turn into the film signs and we find out they can't cope with water. (laughs) I 100% agree with you because I had a moment where I was like, please don't tell me that they like burn if they touch water or something stupid well we knew they didn't are you mean in the first one you felt that way yeah yeah Uh, thank god that we didn't have that moment in this one there was another scene with the water that i i thought was really well done um emily blunt is so good but we'll, (laughs) we'll get to it um yeah i i definitely felt the same way i'm glad that they could cope with water although i like the water development in this one as well. Yeah. No, I did too. I, th- I actually found it to be a little bit humorous. Yeah, no. I <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get to it. Uh, though the fire at the start would have made enough noise for them to appear and they didn't. Which fire? I think the fire burning at the house. Oh, oh, probably. I did have that thought myself. I thought there was quite a bit of noise happening. And at first... I thought, like, maybe they just don't give a fuck anymore because they know they can kill them. Yeah. But I was like, well, who knows? Um, My favorite scene was when Reagan was walking through the train. It built good tension, and Millicent Simmons is great in this. Uh, I 100% agree. Yeah. And again, we will talk about that later. But um, that actress is very, very, very good. Uh, and I can't wait to discuss her. She reminds me of of someone, and I can't place who. Also, happy birthday, Pissy, and happy Pride Month, everyone. Well, thank you, Catherine. I do appreciate it. Uh, my birthday was lovely, and I'm, I'm very glad it's over. <laughs> Lastly, <laughs> I'm going to send you... A- I'm going to send you some photos of the cinema movie theater I mentioned in last week's mini-sode. Very exciting. I can't wait to see them. Uh, For those of you who are not patrons on uh, Patreon, we got a letter last week from Catherine who told us all about the hauntings in her cinema that she works on in England. Works on? Works in. In England. And... It was a really, really fun story, but this movie theater just sounds fucking gorgeous. It sounds absolutely amazing, and I can't wait to get the photos, and we will share them on our Instagram. We have one more write-in from Melissa Jacobs. Hello, hello, Melissa. She said, I would like to know everything about the actual experience of going to the movie theater for the first time in over a year. I haven't been brave enough to try yet. What, if any, snacks were you able to eat? Did you bring your own snacks? The adventures or misadventures of having the pump? Um, We did talk a bit about going to the movie theater. I actually found the snacks was the biggest challenge for me. Because... Mm -hmm. I have always been a movie theater popcorn eater. And 
there are a lot of carbs in in movie theater popcorn and with the pump i'm supposed to be able to eat them but i do not like the idea of my blood sugar spiking that much and popcorn is a complex carb so it can spike over the course of the evening and i i I just really was not looking to do that (laughs) so i did not partake in popcorn i did sneak snacks into the movies because you know what if they had a diabetes section on the menu i wouldn't do it but but it's all carbs and candy. It's all carbs and candy. I mean, car and candy is carbs. So it's like, what can I do? I can't eat candy. I can't eat popcorn. I can't have all the fried foods. So it's like, if you're not going to get some like protein or veggies or something, what the fuck can I do? We need keto friendly movie snacks. Yeah, we need. We definitely need keto friendly movie snacks. And I'm surprised that there aren't as many considering how big keto is if not fucking diabetes um <laughs> the one thing i will say is they had those like big soda machines <laughs> that have like 600 sodas in them and you can just pick your your favorite one which i can't tell you how much i appreciate because they have so many diet sodas in them mm-hmm. and it's like thank god because <laughs> You, I know I've ranted about this in the past. You go to a restaurant, you go anywhere, and they all they have is Diet Coke. And it's like, my God, you know, I would like to drink something that wasn't a Coke every once in a while. And so going there, I got my orange Fanta. Fanta? Mm-hmm. Fanta? I think it's Fanta. But I'm not sure. Whatever it is. I got an orange one. And I really enjoyed it over the course of the movie. And I snuck in a bunch of beef jerky and almonds. And that's what I ate throughout the movie. So I, <laughs> as as bad as you were feeling about the popcorn, I was like eating almonds. And I, I looked like uh, Kristen Wiig and Bridesmaids when she's like trying desperately to chew on the almond. And she's like, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, this is such a quiet movie. Why did I bring the loudest snack? I might as well be eating Pop Rocks. Um, but which would have been a great snack. You know, Popcorn with Pop Rocks. That's an interesting combo. Would probably be a great combination. And you could call it popcorn. (laughs) (laughs) But you could put the pop in like that that poppy graphic they have. The like, uh, what's it called? The comic art. What's it called? Uh, I I don't know. Oh, Jesus. David knows, but he's not. He's sleeping. Um my brain, by the way, is fried. It has been a very long day. But that said, uh, I would love to make popcorn that is copyrighted. My spooky gay family, 2021. Um, but yeah, I just ate my almonds and I ate my beef jerky and it was less than satiating. It really like there's there's a moment when when you are diabetic that you're like, my God, I'm never going to get to eat my favorite foods again. Um, and I know there are a lot of people who eat their favorite foods anyway and and cope with it through bolusing on, on their pumps and things. But I'm really trying very hard to make a lifestyle change, not just a, uh, a momentary change. So it, it can be a bit. It can be a bit frustrating. See, now I feel bad about the cherry Coke. I. I haven't had a soda in like six months. So I was like, I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to have a cherry Coke. Yeah, but why should you feel bad? (laughs) Because I am also trying to make a lifestyle change. Yeah, but having it every once in a while. See, the difference is for you, 
having it every once in a while is a treat that your body can cope with. When yeah. I have a treat, my body is like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it just like goes off the fucking rails. It, it It's like... It's like being on a roller coaster and my body is like, we got to get out. We got to get out. And it's like, no, sit down and ride the ride. And my body's like, nope, I'm jumping. And it's like, you can't do that. It's not a fucking option. It tasted so fucking good, though. I can't I even bet tell it you. Did. I bet it did. To be And you know what? To be fair, I got my, my orange Fanta and it was delicious and it was everything I wanted. So I can't complain. Okay. I, I loved it. Uh, 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 uh. Melissa said, I tend to need to go to the bathroom at a very critical part of a movie when I'm at the theater. By the time I come back, I completely miss the best part. Uh, a possible rant topic, having to go to the bathroom during the movie. Do you hold it or do you risk missing parts of the movie? What are your thoughts? Um, I always make sure that I go to the bathroom before I go to the movie so I do not have to go during i mean i think the only exception to that was like lord of the rings and watchmen and that's because they're both like six hours so, long. yeah <laughs> but like but no i am i am anti going to the bathroom during the movie because mm-hmm. i i don't want to miss anything so i will sit there and hold it but i'm really? that person who runs to the bathroom as soon as the movie's over i am generally the same way although i will say with Again, not to... I feel like I'm, like, playing the world's smallest violin this episode. Uh, With my diabetes, I do tend to have to go to the bathroom a little more often. And I love drinking soda at the movies. So it becomes (laughs) a very complicated seesaw to, to, to ride. That said, I do try not to go to the bathroom. But if it gets to the point where it's distracting me, it's like... I might as well go because I'm barely paying attention anyway. You know That's what I fair. mean? Yeah, no, that makes sense. So there was a moment in this movie where I was like, maybe I could get up and run to the bathroom. And I was like, no, we have to review this on the podcast. So I need to know what's going <laughs> on. <laughs> uh, so I did actually. So it's all your fault. It's Those your you fault. You're to blame. Um, yeah, I did actively decide not to go to the bathroom during this movie. And I am known for going to the bathroom during movies, which is why it is not good for me to sit in the center of any movie aisle because I will step on people to get out. <laughs> <laughs> that is one nice thing about like the big recliner chairs now mm-hmm. and all that other stuff. There's so much you space. have so much more space. You can just walk out. And it's like, you know what? I'll pay the extra $5. Fuck it. I don't care. Yeah. I'll, I'll pay $15 for a movie to ticket. To not have to like squeeze my fat, fat ass down into the middle of a row. That's like- what I'm saying. And, and and to be squished in like you're in a fucking Spirit Airlines, like <laughs> I, I'm like, I really love being able to be. And that was actually a nice thing today. Everything was very socially distant. You know, there were certain seats when I bought the tickets that were blocked off that you could not purchase. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know what? I'm fine with it. I'll take yeah. it. Uh, it. It felt very nice. There was plenty of room. I loved it. Melissa said, another rant topic, the AMC stock, where do you think it will go? Is this another GameStop? Do you have any stock in AMC? I have not actually heard anything about this. Apparently, they're trying to do with AMC the same thing they did with GameStop earlier this year, where they, like, inflate it to a ridiculous amount and then sell it. This just to feels fuck up illegal. The market. It's, it's not illegal. It's just fucking with the stockbrokers. Mm. which i encourage i do but- <laughs> encourage it but 
there's only so many idiots on one side. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. And a lot of a lot of innocent people could get hurt. Well, innocent people could get hurt. But it's also like, well, if you set this precedent, there's nothing stopping them from doing the same thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, this is a double-edged sword. Yes, we're fucking with the stock market. Yes, we're giving power to people who otherwise would not have it. And that I do support. People taking control of the stock market that they're kind of trusting willy-nilly does make sense to me. But I don't like the idea of those other people on the other the brokers essentially having a similar power where it's like all it would take is for them to suggest that everyone like you know what i mean yeah anyone can log on to reddit and be like okay this time we're doing this you but that's what i'm saying i i i think it i think it should be probably if i'm being honest i think it should be regulated i think that's fair i think that if it were regulated for the brokers as well then that would be well yeah i think any any regulation that applies to someone to the average civilian should apply to a stockbroker i agree i don't think that they because it's like then at that point you're just essentially do it performing insider trading yeah and that's, it's like well that's true you know what i mean and and <laughs> martha stewart sitting there going like <laughs> fuck everyone <laughs> in her big mansion with snoop dogg yeah uh yeah i don't know i don't know that's a tough one I'm all for everybody getting theirs and getting their money. I don't have stock in AMC, so have at it. Go do what you will. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't fuck around with stuff like this with my money, so. You don't have any stocks? Um, Sarah does. Really? Yes. I do not. Yeah, it feels a little bit like a gamble. And uh, I was talking to Jessica about this not that long ago. I was saying, you know, I I just don't know how I feel about gambling with money like that. And she was like, well, you can make thousands and thousands or in some cases millions of dollars in a day or you can lose that money. So she's like, you have to be comfortable putting that money up and saying, "Okay, I won't miss this. Mm -hmm. And I just don't live a life where that's really a thing. (laughs) Like there's no money I. I won't miss. No, I like it right where it is, and I like to keep track of it. I like to know where it is at all times. Yeah, and... By 10 o'clock, it should be in bed drinking cocoa. Exactly. Like. Reading <laughs> Stephen King <laughs> and getting scared and staying in bed. Yes. That's exactly what I want my money to be doing. I I think... I don't know. I, I would probably be more comfortable with a more stable investment like real estate. I think that's something that I would probably be more comfortable with. Although that comes with its own, its own challenges, I suppose. But those are our listener questions. And if you would like to send in yours for next week, please, by all means, become a member of patron on Patreon. And then we will answer your questions in the episode. Are you ready to discuss a quiet place too, Sam Baxter? I think I am. I am very excited because I did really enjoy this movie. Uh, This, of course, is a sequel to A Quiet Place. It was released primarily by Paramount Pictures. Uh, There are a couple of other studios that worked on it, but it was primarily released by Paramount. It was directed by John Krasinski. It was written by... uh, Primarily... This script was written by John Krasinski, but it was 
uh, based on characters that he developed with Scott Beck and Brian Woods. So it, they also do have writing credits mm-hmm. on on this movie. So we'll say it was written by John Krasinski, Scott Beck, and Brian Woods, directed by John Krasinski. This was his second film. Uh, and it is starring Emily Blunt as Evelyn or the mother in the Abbott family. Uh, John Krasinski does appear in the first 10 or 15 minutes. Millicent Simmons plays Reagan who or Regan Reagan. I'm not sure just because no, no one, one ever, ever really talks, says her name. So, yeah. yeah. Um, who is the deaf daughter? We have Noah Jupe who plays Marcus. And Killian Murphy is a new addition in this movie who plays Emmett as well as and please, for the love of God, forgive me because I know I'm going to mispronounce this. Jiman uh, Hunsu, I'm, I'm guessing, I, I really apologize if I'm mispronouncing his name, who plays the man on the island. Uh, those are basically the significant characters in this yeah. movie. And I really, really, really did enjoy this movie. I will, uh, I will say, well, let's start. I'll give you a little... A little synopsis just to start with. Um, this is following the events at at their home. The Abbott family now face the terrors of the outside world. Forced to venture into the unknown, they realize that the creatures that hunt by sound are not the only threats lurking beyond the sand path. That is uh, from IMDb. That is just the summary that is on IMDb. What were your general thoughts on the movie, Sam Baxter? I enjoyed it, which I don't want to say surprised me, but I was not that optimistic. You were skeptical. I was skeptical that I would enjoy it. Why was why is that? Because I enjoyed the first one, but I was kind of like, okay, this premise is kind of a novelty, like it's fun for one movie, will it still feel scary the second mm-hmm. time around? And the answer is it does. So I'm I 100% am eating crow on my skepticism. Like I really, really enjoyed it. I agree. I really enjoyed the movie, and I kind of felt the same way. I wasn't sure what to expect. I did know that the first movie was very tense for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found it to be really uh, suspenseful, and uh, I want. I keep coming to the word upsetting, but it it wasn't like. I wasn't like traumatized by it, but it was like <laughs> it was a, a difficult movie to watch in some places because yeah. it's it's very tense and you care very deeply for the characters. They do a really good job of making these people that you care about. Um, I I did really enjoy the movie. I found it to be scary. I didn't think it was without its flaws, but I don't think that those flaws make it. I like I don't I don't think that those flaws are prohibitive. I don't think that they would cause me to have a bad time watching this movie. No, I agree. Like what little things were wrong didn't really like they didn't bother me for longer than like a second. Yeah, they were pretty few and far between. There wasn't a lot that I was like, "Ugh, I could do without this." Yeah. <laughs> there were a few things that I found to be a little bit I don't want to say far-fetched because the, the whole premise of the movie is a bit far-fetched. Right. Although I will say one thing that came to mind while I was watching this movie that really struck a chord with me was the fact that this movie coming out in the midst of a pandemic 
almost felt oddly appropriate. Yeah, no, I was kind of thinking the same thing on the drive home. Like, especially the first, like, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. I because was kind of like, going from this the feels normal, sort of familiar. Yeah, <laughs> it was the whole going from normal, everyday life to, oh, shit, everything changed on a dime and we all had to find a way to cope. Yeah. That was very COVID-19 to me. And I, I I really was like struck by it in this in this movie as opposed to the first one. The first one it felt very distant. Mm. Um and there wasn't a lot of reference to the before. Right. And so getting that first ten minutes of, you know, Lee, the father, coming to the baseball game and them having kind of a normal life and talking and and hanging out and everybody's acting normal and there's one point where like uh what's her name Emily Blunt's character uh Evelyn Evelyn like taps a woman on the shoulder and says hello and kisses her on the cheek and I was like there was like a covid part of me that was like oh my god what are you doing and <laughs> it was very strange it was really disconcerting and then obviously they see the like fireball in the sky yeah and it's like everything changed in a second and then all of a sudden they're being chased by monsters and they they learn very quickly that they can't make sound it was really really crazy what did you think of the beginning of the movie did you like did you like that there was a little bit of explanation, but not really a solid one. Yeah, no, I enjoyed the way they did it in that, like, there wasn't, like, the radio announcement saying exactly mm-hmm. what was happening or, like, them looking at the TV and going, like, oh, this is what's going on. Like, which I feel is always cheesy in disaster yeah. movies when you see that. But, um, no, it felt very real. It felt very in the moment to me. Like, I, I really enjoyed that part of the film. I kind of... It was very tense, even though I knew they were all going to be okay because they were all in the first movie. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like, <laughs> but it was still, it was surprising to me how tense they were able to make that because, again, we're seeing a lot of the monster. Like, we're not doing it kind of sneaky the same way we did the first time around. Right. So I was impressed by their ability to keep, to get the tension ramped up that quickly. Yeah, I... I 100% agree with that. I I thought that the tension was really well achieved in the beginning. I thought that the story in the beginning was very compelling as well. It felt very much like you were kind of caught up in the chaos of everything. Mm -hmm. It was like, nobody knows what's happening. Nobody knows what's going on. All we know is we saw something scary and we'd really like to go home now. Yeah. You know, what do you think the fireball in the sky was? Well, I think they're supposed to be aliens, right? Is that what it is? I think so. I wasn't sure because I was like, it seems like they're supposed to be aliens, but it's never really explicitly stated. We see the fireball, but we, as someone said, they thought it was like jet fighters or an explosion or something like that. And, you know, earlier in the movie, we do have that television scene where what's his name? The guy. Yeah. Roy, I think. Doesn't matter. Um, And he's like, oh, there was some kind of explosion, I think. But. It seems more like the first arrival. Right. So that part was a little... <clears throat> I, I almost like that it was kind of confusing because it's like, well, 
there's there's no solid answer because they don't know they like how would they know they haven't made contact with anyone although excuse me one of the questions i did have is where is like the military (laughs) you know did you have that response yes and no like if you're not right at a military base like i can understand how they wouldn't have gotten there in time Mm-hmm. And it's also, in theory, they're dealing with the same thing themselves and apparently not dealing with it very well. Mm. Um, unless that's what we find out is going on in part three. Um, yeah. Is that the military just kind of hold itself up on the bases and is taking care of things for themselves and nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, no, I, under- I understand where you're coming from with it. I just, it didn't occur to me in the moment. And I don't really wonder at it because the military is never effective in movies like this so i don't expect them to be yeah i guess the only thing that becomes strange to me is that the monsters or aliens or whatever they are are i mean i wouldn't call them easy to kill by any means no but they are pretty susceptible you know what i mean they're certainly not immortal i mean they they are impervious to fire at least to some extent Uh, and they can be shot and beaten, I guess, (laughs) but I would think that at some, because by the, by the first movie, it's so I almost said by the second movie, but by the first movie and even by the main events of the second movie, we're 147 days in, you know what I mean? And nobody figured out. I, I like the greatest minds. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, they yeah. can't be this like 13 year old girl who was the first one to be like, well, they're really sensitive to sound. Maybe if we jack up their ears, they'll, they'll lose their minds. <clears throat> like, wouldn't a scientist have been like, Hey, somebody get a boom box. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I do think that as the series goes on, cause it appears that it is going to go on based mm-hmm. on, the events at the end of this film <laughs> i saw something online that suggested there will be a quiet a quiet place part three so i think it's safe to assume there will be another one i mean that doesn't surprise me i think we're gonna sort of i think the way they're doing this is with every movie we're getting a bigger and bigger picture of what's going on mm. um just because this was the first time we saw other people yeah this was the first time we saw anything that wasn't on that little form that they had so yeah, like, and we're seeing people fighting back and yeah. really kind of giving it to the the monsters or the aliens or whatever they are. Mm-hmm. And that was nice to know. You know, they felt just a little bit less helpless in this one. Yeah, no, which was <clears throat> which was nice actually, even though again, I don't think it took away from the tension, which was no. surprising to me actually. Yeah, because even though they can fight back, mm-hmm. it's kind of a Hydra situation where it's yeah. like anytime you chop off one head, it grows two. Yeah. Because if, you, if you're if you shooting them or if you're playing that, if you're making that loud feedback noise, yeah. it's going to attract ones that are farther away because they will be attracted to the noise. So <clears throat> it makes you wonder why they don't just put a boom box on a raft, but <laughs> we'll get to that. <clears throat> Excuse me. My goodness. 
I I did really like the beginning of this movie though. I thought it set up what happened afterward pretty well. It became pretty obvious that they had to leave the farm after the events of the first movie and when they saw the fire on the other uh I guess base or, or yeah. the warehouse where Emmett was holding up. I I think that it was a good motivation for them to leave. The fact that Lee wasn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. The fact that she had all the kids and she had to take care of them and she needed to find other people. Yeah. I found myself really tense watching them walk away from the house because it was like, <laughs> it didn't occur to me. It really didn't occur to me. And when I was watching the first movie and it makes me feel like an idiot now that the sand that they had put down mm-hmm. was there to help keep them quiet. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> duh, like they need to walk on something that's not the leaves or the things will hear them rustling. So it's like, huh. So the idea of them walking beyond the sand was like, oh, yeah. this is heavy. Yeah, no, that was <laughs> that first step she takes onto the crunching leaves. And I'm kind of like, oh, which is great because you can see it on Emily Blunt's face, too, is that kind of like. She's like, uh. oh, fuck me. <laughs> It really amped this up as the thriller that it is. Would you call this a horror movie or a, a thriller? I think it's a horror movie. Full I, on? Yeah, I think it's a horror movie. I don't think it's supposed to. Because when I think of a thriller, I think of something that you're kind of supposed to try to puzzle out. And this is a very straightforward story. Mm. So I'm going to go ahead and say totally a horror movie. Okay. It's just so suspenseful. There are very few movies that are that I would consider horror movies that are this suspenseful. You know what I mean? Yeah. It it almost is a it's almost a brand new field of horror. I mean, I know we've had things like Bird Box and and things like that, but uh I I don't know. It it, it felt so suspenseful. I almost had to call it part thriller. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I see where you're coming from. It's so hard. It's it's so hard to uh, to kind of nail it down to one category. I don't know if I could. Do you think that... Uh, because another thing that... I find it to be almost too sophisticated for a horror movie. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? It almost has Oscar bait. <laughs> it's like... These are very likable characters and you become so invested in the characters that you really do worry about their well-being. And you don't see that in a lot of other horror movies. Yeah, no, I I see where you're coming from. I think it's just I think it's a good horror movie and I think it's a well well done one. Yeah. And that's fair. And I I think that the best horror movies do make you care about the characters and they make you they make you fear for them effectively. But to be fair, there are a lot of horror movies where I care about the characters mm-hmm. and I want them to be okay, but it's not as tense as this. See, maybe I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm just over identifying with people. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know. Do you find that you, get as invested in the character's well-being as you did in this movie in other movies? Yeah, no, particularly if I find one of the characters relatable, like, I'll 
I'll kind of fixate on their safety for the entire film. Hmm. Like we've talked before, and I mean we've talked before about like Jamie Lee Curtis and Nev Campbell. Like yeah. I mean it. If if either of them die in their respective franchises, like I may not. We go have see an issue. Next one. Yeah. So it's. I feel like I can get invested in other characters. I think that this movie does an especially good job of it because I'm invested in all of them, mm-hmm. and not just one or two. Yeah. But um. Even the kids. Yeah, I think especially the kids, actually. Well, especially the kids, but I guess what I meant to say was, like, not Millicent, Reagan. Yeah. Uh, You know, we have, uh, what's his name, Marcus Marcus. and the baby. Yeah. And I gotta say, if I was her, Mm -hmm. I don't know what I would have done with that baby. I First actually, of all, I actually had a moment when she went into the other house. I was like, is she about to drown this fucking baby? I know. <laughs> like, it was a little bit questionable because I was, I was like, like, what's I was about like, to damn, happen? we're going to start off real heavy. This is a real <laughs> heavy start. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what I would do in that situation because there's a part of me. It's like, yes, it's a baby and I care very deeply about it, but it's like, for, I don't think I would have allowed myself, I, and this is such a stupid thing to say. I, I I can't really even say that. You sit there going, how did you manage yeah. to find yourself in a family way <laughs> in the middle of all this? You're all living in like one fucking room, first of all. Yeah. Second, I, I don't know, like. The second I realized I was pregnant, I would have found the first flight of stairs. I'm just saying, like, I would have been like, I would be like, Lee, kick me. Like, something, anything to get that baby gone. Oh, no. I would have been drinking bleach. I'd have been like, get out. Because at that point, it's like, what can you do? You can't... The fact that they have survived with that baby is a serious stretch of the imagination. Yeah, no, although I did think that the the box was a pretty nifty way to handle that. It's nifty, but you and I have heard babies cry. Yeah. A box would not completely stifle that. (laughs) No. I found it to be a little bit like, okay, like they'd all be dead by now. <clears throat> because this baby would have gotten them killed. It might as well just be... It, it, it reminded me of the staircase. The baby might as well have just been sitting there screaming, help me, help me, help me, please, somebody help me. And they're like, shut up, Trevor. And he's like, help me, Jesus, help me. And they're like, and the even the monsters are like, oh my God, I'm going to kill this fucking baby. I really was bothered by the baby in this one. It's like the fucking kid from the Babadook. It's just screaming <laughs> in the backseat. Essentially, <laughs> who also, by the way, I would not mind watching die in a horror movie, but <laughs> this one, uh, yeah, I, I guess in the first one, her being pregnant seemed like such a far off thing. Yeah. It like almost was something I could not think about. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this one, Having the baby, it's like, girl, how? And, and I, I, I would say the same thing to him. It's like, how did you two come to the decision that you were like, you know what? <laughs> Let's keep it. 
Like, I, I can't imagine a world. Would you keep it? I have no idea what the fuck I would do. Because <laughs> it is kind of a Sophie's Choice thing at that point. Like, it's... I'm not minimizing the fact that it would be very sad or that they might have wanted to keep their baby or that it was a member of their family. But if you're talking about the survival of your whole family versus like a religious political argument, like what what, what are we really (laughs) getting into here? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I do. I don't know. Do you think you would survive a situation like this in general? No. (laughs) No hesitation, no. Why? Because I am kind of clumsy. Hmm. I you can be a bit clumsy. <laughs> I can Thank be you. too. I, I'd be dead with you, but I'll let you finish why. Thank you. Um, I'm a bit clumsy. I'm. My eyesight is shit. Mine is too. So it's like, if anything happened to my glasses, I'd be totally fucked. Yeah. Like. That's the kiss of death. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. And it's it's also just I would probably have a really hard time coping, putting m- my survival ahead of other people, which is something you mm. kind of have to do in a situation like this. You think? Yeah, I think in order to survive for any length of time in a situation like this, you need to be able to say fuck other people. And I think I'm bad at that. I'm surprised you feel that way because I would argue that kind of the point of this movie is that Reagan and Lee survived the best by not doing that. I mean, I agree with that sentiment, but they're also going to a place where the monsters aren't there. Well, they didn't know they were going there. (laughs) (laughs) And they also brought one with them. Yes, they did. And fuck you two for that. It's like I know. It's this like, poor guys, island was living this idyllic little life. They're like they, they were like we did shit. it. We got away. <laughs> and the, uh, by the way, I wonder how long that would have lasted. Yeah, I can't imagine it would have lasted terribly long. If only because at some point the aliens are going to be like that island over there is real loud. <laughs> like let's send a comet that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> No, but it's also things like food and medicine and... Well, the medicine, that's the one that really becomes the issue. And that was something I was thinking a lot about today. Because when we were watching it, we know they're 150 days into the issue, like give or take. They're 500 days into the... This one, it was like 474. Oh, I thought it was 147. No, I think it was 474. I think it was over a year. Oh, I might have just misread it, but... I, 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 at the very least, they are at the, at the very least, like six months into this mm-hmm. thing, at most a year and a half. She goes back to that pharmacy a bunch of times. And I'm like, yeah. this medicine must be like Hella expired? expired. Yeah. Am I like, I mean, I guess it's better than nothing. I'm sure that it is, but it's like, what do you do? Because I think about things like that all the time. I'd be dead in a situation like this and I know it because it's like, how long can I survive without my insulin? Yeah. Probably not even 24 hours. Yeah. So it's like, what would I do the second anything ran out? I can't keep walking back and forth to the pharmacy. Eventually it's going to run out of insulin. Yeah. So 
that is one of the biggest <laughs> that is one of the biggest things that like separates me from these conversations when I watch movies like this these like a po- the post-apocalyptic movies I'm like well I'd be long gone already so <laughs> who cares <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely don't think that I would survive uh, in a soundless world either I love I'm a loud person <laughs> I'm a loud person. I sing in the shower. I do all kinds of shit. I don't think I could be quiet that long. I think I could probably be quiet that long. Again, it's I would I would run into something. I would trip over something. <laughs> like I would like walk into a can factory and fall on the floor. Like, <laughs> like, like something would happen. Where's Sam? Oh, she went to visit the can factory. <laughs> no. Everyone's like, well, we loved her. <laughs> Where's Sam? She's visiting the cannon factory. <laughs> it's like we sent you to your death. <laughs> You're like Mr. Magoo. <laughs> <laughs> if my glasses are gone, essentially, yes. <laughs> Sam's just wandering through a, a room with like radios and knives. <laughs> and she's like, well, this is how I die. And I avoid all the knives that touch every single Every radio. radio. <laughs> And every time you go to turn one off, you turn another one on. You're like, how did this happen? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely would not survive in a soundless world. I I make a lot of noise myself. I, I step on things. I trip over things. Even in the course of recording the fucking podcast, it's like, I can't, I can't keep myself fucking quiet. So who cares? Um, there's a lot to chat about with regard to this movie. Yeah. We have... A lot of key moments, but why don't we get into why don't we get into some of the nitty gritty? What um what did you think of like the scares in this movie? I thought they were pretty good. I did jump twice. Which moments made you jump? Um the stupid birds on the train made me jump. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what a shitty jump scare. Right. I was like, you have the perfect monster. We don't need birds. No, but it was, it got me. And then the, it got me too. the second time they were in the car and the thing you thought it had fallen off and she looked and back like, and it just popped like, its head hey. in. <laughs> yeah. It just popped its head in like, hey girl. <laughs> but it was like, that one can I me. tell you about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? <laughs> and she's like, no. <laughs> no, that one got me too. Um Maybe that's what this is. They're not aliens. They're just Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> They're just running around town hitting people. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. It's just, it thinks it's blessing them. And it's like, yeah. why is everyone dying? Maybe they're just misunderstood. Yeah, maybe they snatched that kid in the first one to take him to Bible school. Maybe that's what <laughs> he was. It was. Going, he was just going to Bible <laughs> camp. He was going on a mission. <laughs> And they set up a cross and, and pictures, and they're like, I don't know why everyone's so sad. He's in Venezuela. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. I, I think I was a little surprised when we did see them that they weren't eating people, that they were yeah, just kind really of just slashing them. them. Like, they're really just killing them for no reason. Like, they're not... That was the most... I want to say questionable part, but it was the most confusing part to me, because I was like, okay, well, what's the motivation are they I, literally just trying to wipe out the population? I guess it's world domination. 
but to what end? For what purpose? I don't know. So they can install a demigorgon venom president in the White House. They're like, <laughs> they're they want access to the nukes. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're just trying to open a chain restaurant. They're like, we don't. We want a monopoly. So, so we're going to kill. We're every going to kill every single person. <laughs> um, little did you know, this movie was sponsored by the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> yeah, I. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if there were any moments that scared me. The train, in my opinion, was the scariest part. Yeah, no, that one was that one was rough. It was just like you knew it was coming, and they kept getting yeah. you with the jump scares because you had the birds, and then mm-hmm. you have her trying to get the first, the first aid, aid kit, kit, and the fucking body falls on her, and it's like. I was watching it the whole time being like, so when's she going to drop it? When's it going to like fall open and everything's going to fall on the floor? And it's like, there are certain moments where it's like, they can hear, if she had dropped like a stack of pins, they would have been on her like white on rice. But the fact she's like opening creaky train doors and they're Mm -hmm. like, they're off playing backgammon. And it's like, (laughs) why are these the most distracted monsters in any movie ever? (laughs) They were just busy. Doing what? <laughs> what could you possibly? Have? Uh, they literally, as far as we know, they don't even fucking sleep. They just run around killing things. <laughs> they had a bunch of bunnies to kill. They had it took them a minute. <laughs> don't you think they must be distracted by like bunnies and bears and shit? I mean, they must be, but I I don't know. Like for the first, like if it's been a year, like you think they, they can they tell the difference between efficient. the sound? Yeah. I would think that they've gotten this down to a science by now. But how do we know they just want to kill the humans? How do we know they don't want to kill the bunnies? I mean, they might want to kill the bunnies, but it's not. I addressed. think they do. What if they came here just for the bunnies? <laughs> That's all and the bunnies we're just fault. stuck in the middle. They think we're bunnies. <laughs> They're like, these bunnies are big and hairless. De- Why did I wear these bunny ears and bunny slippers today? <laughs> Louise Belcher is like, son, son of, of a, a bitch. bitch. <laughs> I would love to see the Bob's Burgers episode of A Quiet Place. <laughs> and you know they're going to do it eventually. They're going to have one of those three-part... Who do you think is stories. the monster? I want it to be Teddy. Yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he might be too fun as a survivor because he won't I, shut up. I think up. you'd need him as a survivor because he won't <laughs> shut up. I just I, I want him to sing that song again when he's like... I wish my radio worked. But he's, it's like such a quick moment in one episode. I think it's a Halloween episode. Yeah. He's like driving in his car and he and they're like, oh, there's Teddy Hyde. And he drives by and it just cuts for like a second. And it cuts to him and he's just like, it's such a like weird little glimpse into his life where he's just like sitting behind the wheel, wide-eyed singing, I wish my radio worked. And then it just cuts away. Like, like it never <laughs> happened. And it was like, this is why Teddy is my favorite character on this show. I think Teddy and Marshmallow are my two favorite characters. <laughs> Marshmallow is the fucking best. Blush. <laughs> That's my favorite. Uh, my favorite. My second favorite Marshmallow line, I think. Why do they call you Marshmallow? Because if you show me a sweet potato pie, I am on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. She's my favorite. Uh, were there any other anyway. scary moments for you in A Quiet Place 2? Um, I knew 
I knew it was coming because of the the synopsis, but like I was actually surprised how effective the evil humans were in this one, and mm. so fucking thankful that they were there for like two seconds. Yeah, it almost <clears throat> like in a strange way seemed like a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of like, I don't know why you bothered putting them in. They were menacing for a second, like for a but, second, but like. I was kind of like, I was just so happy that we weren't doing that. The whole like, time. Like, the whole time. And we yeah. weren't doing that even for a little bit. That yeah, it, was it wasn't like, even that long. Like, it, it kind of killed the scare for me. Yeah. But it, it wasn't as scary when the creature showed up. Because it was like, well, he's just going to have at it. He's just going to fuck them up. So yeah, it's like, well. That's exactly what to we it. want. So sweet. I know. I will say... It wasn't really that hard to figure out what was going on with the little girl. No, it was like, oh, come on. It was like, guys, what would she be doing here? Yeah. You with, know what I mean? no adult anywhere in sight. She, would, she didn't get lost on the docks. No. Although this did, <clears throat> excuse me, it did lead to one of my favorite moments in the whole movie, mm-hmm. which is when What's-His-Tits Emmett mm-hmm. ends up in the water. Yeah. And... The thing like jumps in after him, yeah, and then proceeds <laughs> to just publicly drown. <laughs> Not privately drown, publicly. Drown. That is a, a Fortune Feimster joke. She she makes this this joke uh, about how as a kid she only joined the swim team because they got to eat fun dip before the swim meet, but she couldn't swim, so she ended up in the pool, and she was like, and everyone just watched it happen, and there I was publicly drowning and it was like and i was like that is one of my favorite jokes ever i love fortune feimster i think she's hysterical but this uh this monster drowning in the ocean or lake or wherever the fuck they're supposed to be was hysterical to me it was pretty funny because it was just just like flailing it was like like watching a wet dog being like oh shit i've jumped in the water (laughs) what do i do now the other one like runs up and it's looking at it like gary grab my hand (laughs) grab my hand gary take my claw (laughs) and it's like nope and gary's like i lived a good life (laughs) as he sinks to the bottom of the ocean i killed so many bunnies (laughs) (laughs) tell gina i killed the bunnies Do you think they have families? I mean, they seem to be cooperative, so I guess yes. They do seem to be cooperative. I'm gonna go out on a on a a limb and say the aliens are bunny killing family people. <laughs> they go home every night at six o'clock and they put bunnies on the table. I mean, wouldn't you? <laughs> well I mean bunnies are obnoxious. But- <laughs> If we're talking about people bunnies, then yes, I do agree. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I The Playboy Mansion has been completely wiped out. Oh, yeah. It is uh, obliterated. <laughs> Hugh Hefner got fucked up by the aliens. <laughs> I would say if we're picking scary moments in in the movie, I, I did think the Marina was scary. I thought the train was scary. Um Oh, and while we're in the marina, can we talk about something? Yeah. I love that fucking uh, Reagan comes up with the boat. Yeah. I'm like, first of all, how did you launch a boat? (laughs) Number one, without anybody hearing you. Second, he climbs into the boat. It's so fucking quiet. I was like, have you ever heard anyone (laughs) get out of a pool without it sounding like someone was drowning? (laughs) No. 
Especially like, like when you're fully clothed and all the water is like, like dripping off, off of you. you. And it's like the fucking things knew they were there. So they had to be listening. So, and, and he's climbing. Out, and it's like. But they couldn't get to them because then they would all publicly drown. I mean, I suppose. But they still were so quiet. Yeah. No, it was it was a little unbelievable. I was like, how dare you? As a fat person who has been in a swimming pool, <laughs> I am offended by this. Deeply offended by this. Um, I but, was kind of freaked out when Emily Blunt was in the warehouse with it. Just oh, before yeah. she turns on the sprinklers. Like, it was it was a little bit like, okay, this is too much. Like, this is too much for me. Do you think she started <laughs> the fire knowing she was trying to set off the sprinklers? Or do you think she was trying to blow it up? I think she was trying to set off the sprinklers... Because we saw her looking at the sprinkler head before she did it. Mm. So I think that's what she was doing. That being said, you never know. She might have been like, well, if I blow it up, like that takes care of the problem, too. Yeah. I mean, you know, two birds, one stone. We figure out if they can. We figure out (laughs) if they can deal with fire. And if they can't, then I'm just going to make them deaf. Although I was surprised there weren't more demigorgons, bunny killers, uh, after the explosion, yeah, I was like, think. they can't, they show up when you sneeze, but <laughs> apparently explosions, they're like, hmm, did Ted have gas again? <laughs> Ted is the gassiest <clears throat> bunny killer. And uh, <laughs> I just named the episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what to make of that. I was surprised that they didn't show up after the explosion, if I'm being honest. I was like, well... This probably could have uh, this probably could have attracted a few freaks. Yeah, you would think. Then we get to the island. Yeah. Were there were there any moments on the island that scared you? Like I said, when they were in the car and it was coming through the roof, that that got to me a bit. Um, it was. For the most part, I was able to predict how that went pretty smoothly. Yeah. So I wasn't. Um, I wasn't super nervous. Like, even when we got to the climax, it was kind of like, well, okay, I know what's going to happen here. The only thing that surprised me was uh, the fact that Emmett didn't die. Yeah. No, I I can see how that would be. I was honestly, I was worried for a minute about Emily Blunt. I thought it was going to be her this time. Really? Yeah. When they were in the furnace. And the thing was like clawing at her. I was kind of mm. like, okay, maybe we're going to lose both parents. And that's how we move on, move on. Because this is clearly at this point, Millicent's movie anyway. It is. So. She kind of became the <laughs> Arya Stark yeah. in this. <laughs> <laughs> I did love her in this role. I, I loved her too. I thought she did great. I thought she was pretty darn amazing. And, and badass. Badass, like easy to root for. I, I, I thought she was a lot of fun. Um, I'm not really familiar with any other work she's done. I mean, she was in A Quiet Place and A Quiet Place 2. Is is she actually deaf? I don't know. Huh. Um, oh, she is. Uh, oh, looking okay. at IMDb, she said oh, one of her personal quotes was, I want to be an actor to show deaf people can do it. You're not too young to dream big. Huh. And I love that. Yeah. No, that's cool. I love that. And uh, it was really cool to see her you know it's almost like it's almost like fire and water she and the the (laughs) aliens because it's like they can hear everything she can't hear 
And it's like, well, the fire should be afraid of the water. <laughs> a song of noise and silence. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she's not. She actually copes with it better than almost anyone, including Marcus, who... Uh, another thing... I, one of the things I took points off for in this movie mm-hmm. is like, why the fuck did Marcus go upstairs? Yeah, no, that made zero sense to me. I didn't... This kid's afraid of his own fucking shadow, doesn't even want to be left home alone with the baby, and he's like, let me go exploring. And I know that it was supposed to be he was scared and looking for his mom, but it's like, having been the overly frightful child, I never would have gone out into danger looking for safety. No, and especially like, he has to this point been shown to be pretty responsible and like mm-hmm. him leaving the baby there surprised me. It was a little like, okay, that this is, this is a purely a plot device decision. Yeah. But. And kind of surprising to be honest, because it didn't really have, it didn't really have a strong payoff. <laughs> I mean, it brings the, it brings the bunny killer into the basement, yeah. but like, I, I guess it, it just didn't... I wanted a bigger scare. I guess I wanted more of a chase with him. Yeah, no, I can see that. I mean, it's that chase wouldn't have lasted very long. <laughs> that, was, that was something in this movie that, like, really got to me when he stepped in the bear trap. And I was just like, oh, oh yeah. God. Like, that's not... <laughs> he just had a rough fucking day. Yeah, he had a real bad day. <laughs> like I'm sitting here going like tetanus alone this kid has no chance <laughs> like, like even if they can save the foot my god <laughs> just like, cut it off <laughs> cut it off and then she's like well it didn't hit the bone I'm like bullshit it didn't hit the bone did you see that thing <laughs> like he's lucky he still has a fucking foot I know he was real fucked up the other thing if we're talking kind of discrepancies yeah the one thing that i was like why (laughs) was the playing the song on the radio yeah because i was like it was 2021 or 2020 maybe 2019 Mm -hmm. they could have recorded a message that played on loop that was like hey guys we're going to the island you know what i mean they could have i think some of it was to keep the bad people from finding it. Mm. I think it was supposed to be kind of a clever keep them out kind of thing. I suppose. But we know bad people can be clever. Clever. Yeah. That's the thing that I find annoying. It's like, at that point, you might as well just keep a gun on the island and if you see them coming, you just... (laughs) Sink their fucking ship. Sink sink their battleship. Yeah. (laughs) I will say that was something... I don't know why it didn't occur to me when it happened, but I was kind of surprised by mm-hmm. when Killian Murphy is off staring into the the sunset or the dawn or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck he's looking at. And he hears the noise. And I was like, oh, I guess the bad people did get here. Yeah. But then the boat shows up and you're like, oh, that's the boat. The thing he was on. Right. The bunny killer. The bunny killer, yeah. And I was like, first of all, how fortuitous 
that it just drifted here <laughs> it on its own accord. Drifted a mile in the sea and landed <laughs> on their island. It's just Julian the bunny killer going, I will avenge you, Gary! He's just paddling very quickly. With one claw. <laughs> With one claw. <laughs> um, and then it showed up and it was like, oh, I don't know why I didn't see this coming. Did you know it was going to happen? I mean, something had to happen. I honestly, I thought, because I also didn't know how much of the movie we had left, I thought that something bad was going to happen when they went back to get Emily Blunt and Marcus. That's what I thought was going to, I thought they were going to go back to get get them. Yeah. And Emmett was going to die saving them. And the yeah. last shot would be them getting on the boat to go to the island. Yeah, that was kind of my expectation. I'm not, I'm not mad at what did happen. I, no, th- I thought it I thought it was well it played out well um I have to admit I was a little surprised when the movie ended <laughs> I was too because I was like well is she gonna go get them like yeah. what's gonna happen and I know that that's probably what they're setting up for quiet place three but yeah it's like well we covered a lot of ground here we, yeah, we, did. we probably could have uh wrapped some of this up you know what I mean yeah no we had these two competing plot lines and kind of neither of them neither of them yeah neither (laughs) of them resolved by the end uh was there anything you didn't like that i didn't cover not really like i didn't have a lot of criticisms on this one to be perfectly honest with you no it was generally well made i really enjoyed the ride this time i did too i liked it like i said there were a few uh there were a few things that i found to be kind of difficult to enjoy namely marcus going upstairs um there what there just wasn't a good reason yeah for him to go upstairs i almost would have preferred it if she had come back mm-hmm. and she had opened the thing the gateway or the whatever it is the portal to go downstairs and she was kind of attacked and forced to run and that was how the thing was left open and that was how the thing ended up downstairs yeah and i I think that would have made more sense i think it would have too i just like i understand why they did it the way they did it but like it was it's for stupid reasons yeah it just kind of needed some it needed some kind of better explanation. Even if you wanted Marcus to go upstairs, there had to have been a better reason. Yeah, no. It just it seemed out of character and it seemed kind of far-fetched for the situation he was in. Yeah. But that said, I did enjoy A Quiet Place 2. I really liked it. Um, I'm eager to hear what you guys thought of it. Let us know your thoughts because it is a brand new movie. <laughs> We're very excited to hear what everybody thought. And uh, am I missing anything? I don't think so. I think that's it for the bunny killers this week. I think that's it for the bunny killers. They will be back, I'm sure, to kill more bunnies and will be here to tell their story. They're like <laughs> Banicula. <laughs> They're the opposite of Banicula. They kill Banicula. Oh, poor Banicula. I love that book. <laughs> it's a good book. Um, maybe we should talk about that one day. The children's <laughs> horror books. Um that said, we will be back on Monday with another mini-sode on Patreon, and we will be back next week with another brand new episode. So, until then, stay spoopy and remember. I don't know why he came all the way up here. 
There's nothing left. There are people out there. People worth saving. My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Elon, and this episode contains clips from A Quiet Place Part 2, distributed by Paramount Pictures 2021. Please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions. Barbara Duel.